0: This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. I'm Chuck Hasse, a Leisure Outdoor Adventures, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country. Hey, it's time to check in with Bruce Jean, the fishing machine. Bruce, welcome back. Hey, thanks, Kev. Good to hear from you. How's life up in Burmidgey? Uh, You know, uh, still fairly wet, although we've got some below 32 days, uh, degree days now, several days in a row, so the ice should be thickening up some, but, you know, it's been uh, it's been not great for people who <laughs> go ice fishing this year.
1: So you want to own an ice fishing resort slash Ugh. rental business, yes.
0: You don't this year.
1: Not, no, not this year. I feel bad for those guys with the... Uh, Ice house rentals, the ice castles and that. I mean, holy cow. There's there's a lot of missed funds coming, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, and it isn't just that. I mean, there are people who make their, you know, a good chunk of their money uh, plowing driveways and clearing parking lots. And there are people right. who sell snow blowers and there are people who go skiing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And when, when weather doesn't do what weather's supposed to do, it's a problem.
1: It really is. I, yeah, I didn't even think about Buena Vista. Holy cow! I wonder what is it still green grass up there? I don't know.
0: Uh, well, they have they they have the ability to make their own snow. What is nice now is we're below thirty two, so it stays. So,
1: right, you know.
0: Right. But still, it's it's a short season. It's a short window and uh, it's it's been it's been crazy and, and as you know Bruce I you know you're, you got your ear to the ground ear to the ice in this case and you know yep, Red, red yep. Lake has been adventure after adventure after adventure and then we had just a, a big one up at Lake of the woods a couple of days ago. Uh,
1: I you know I'm, I'm glad people are staying safe but unfortunately mother nature and heavy winds and what have you. Um, you know, Kev, I think you and I should invest in a couple airboats and go in business.
0: Boy, no kidding. This year, it would be, uh, it would be very profitable.
1: (laughs) Very. Yeah. Um, you know, I get, you know, you need to make a living and and have business. I'm glad they have a rescue plan. Um, you know, just uh, everyone out there be safe, you know, no fish is worth, worth your life, but I get it. I'm out there too. I was fishing yesterday with a couple guys and, and, uh, when you're checking the ice every 10 feet, I don't like to walk out there if there's less than four or five inches. So we had about eight, seven, eight the whole way out there. Some places we had a little bit more. Um, but the but the unique part is, um, in the middle of that lake, talking to the local, um, he said there was a hole where there was a bunch of geese and swans, and they were out there close to the, the river, of course, and and. They were flying back and forth, but that's where they would they would hang out, and they kept that hole open when the rest of the lake was frozen, right? And mm-hmm. so, looking at, we walked over to it, and lo and behold, it had maybe a skim of ice on it. That was it. So, if you would have been on a wheeler walking out there, you would have been in thirty-one point nine degree water in a hurry.
0: Mm. So, mm. not good. No. Well, you obviously were able to find some places to go ice fishing. A lot of people have found places to go ice fishing, but it's it's just it's not normal and you know, you're there's a lot of walking involved and you know, you're not able to bring out the houses and all the things you typically want to be doing.
1: And and that's it's it's really challenged our fishing skills this year. You know, we, we bring a lot of sleds. Um, a lot of times, of course you have the wheeler, you load that up for early ice. And then December hits, and then you can usually drive out, right? Well, I was just at one of my favorite crappie lakes here and just, you know, northwest metro, and there were white caps on it. So I don't think that's enough to hold up a fish house. So, um, But what are the odds of whitecaps being out there when I'm tr- going out there to check the ice? Like, what a unique
0: winter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so oh. you, you had a big day, though. I mean, you were able to have a big day and get some fish. We had
1: an outstanding crappie day, and, um, you know, I, I, I'm a, a forward-facing sonar guy, and um, we found uh, a school of fish that really wasn't moving a lot, just kind of hunkered in. They must have been over a, a, a feed area, but uh, the three of us sat on those fish, and, you know, it was probably a, it was a four-hour trip, but during that time, it was we were north of 100 crappies caught. And, yes, we let them all go. They all survive. Um, we did keep a couple for dinner. But, you know, that's that's the amount of, of uh, fishing that's, that's available if you can find them and get on top of them and stay on them. You know, and sometimes these schools of crappies are moving and shifting, and we drilled probably about 60 holes. Um, and when you would hole hop, you could get into different spots and, and – um, uh, you know, uh, find areas that way, but uh, it was it was just a fun day. Safe, we were on good ice, no wind shifting, um, things to that nature, and and it was just an outstanding day of fishing.
0: So. All right, well, that's you know that's and that's what people dream about. That's why they go out there and and uh, want to find that magic spot for ice fishing because when you get on them, um, there's nothing quite like it.
1: it. It really, you know, we at the bait store. You order, uh, you know, I always go in and get a couple scoops of crappie minnows. And when you look at them, okay, well, that's about 60 to 70 minnows. And you're thinking, I sure hope I use every one of those. Why don't you give me a third scoop of, you know, so now we're over 100. And when you're, at the end of the day, scraping dead minnows uh, to put on, you know, your buckshot or rattling spoon or whatever you're using it's kind of nice to have that problem. Like, yeah, boys, we ran out of bait today. And when you're north of a hundred in, in a four hour trip, that's not a bad thing to have at all. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's what you shoot for. You want those days where, and it was nice. I mean, it was 32 degrees, just, just perfect conditions to be outside ice fishing and, and a lot of fun.
0: Well, actually, the last time we talked, you were in a tree stand whispering to me, um, and and you did did get a... I know you got a deer, but how was the overall uh, deer hunting experience for you and your crew?
1: Right. Well, um, so our our crew, we all shot our deer. Um, uh, We we all got decent bucks, you know, nothing that is going to be hung on the wall. We got, you know, mine was an eight, my brother got an eight, um, and my cousin shot a very nice eight so um you know it was it was a good season overall um unfortunately or fortunately I don't we had three different packs of wolves around and they're really decimating the, the deer numbers and I know there's people out there that would would debate that with me but um when there's so many wolves around it our our deer hunt changed immensely and, and where they would be and so we would actually listen to where the pack of wolves were and we'd hunt on the opposite side of that. Like, and these are all things that we've never had to deal with. So the wolf population is definitely uh, something I hope that they're looking at and um, reflecting on what are we going to do in the future. The, the wolf population is exploding and the deer, the deer hunt, and, and I think it was down quite a bit for a lot of folks, um, is is opposite so um, but overall you know the weather was great the hunting was great um, just just had a great time um, during the deer season and uh, then it transitioned into real cold and we got ice fishing right away so and, but then of course December hit and 38 degree average everything's yeah. melted so
0: so what's the story up on uh, rainy right now
1: so uh, right out in front of like the resorts we're at it's it's open water And, Mm. um, and as of January 1st, (laughs) it was, uh, open for most of, you know, from the resorts into an area called the Brule Narrows. Um, there's a little bit of ice around, but, uh, for the most part, it's, it's not doable. There's some spots now that the ice that started forming in December or November, you know, deer season when we actually had a lot of cold and snow, That ice is good, and there's some houses out there. They're walking or taking smaller wheelers. um, You know, decent ice from six to eight inches. So there's some good stuff. The nice thing about Rainies, we don't have that big open body of water. That if you do have a wind pickup, it's not going to open up and shift and and change that way. So, um, but we're we're getting fish. I know uh, a fellow guide was out yesterday and. He caught, he and a, a, a buddy has caught 21 walleyes the last, the power hour, so the last hour of the evening. So, um, the bite is definitely on and it's, and, uh, and it's there. So it's just getting safely out and, and getting equipment, you know, for clients is, is now what we're working on.
0: So is anybody still using a boat? <laughs>
1: um, unfortunately the landings were iced up in November, ah. so no boats, but, um, I understand the uh north side of Malax the Malmo landing had a ton of boats out at it here last week so um how many times can you fish in a boat in Minnesota in January? Not, Not too many.
0: No. <laughs> uh no, and nowhere in Minnesota and, and basically more probably more of Minnesota that that's got uh, open water than doesn't at this point. Right. Right. Totally. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, um you know, one of the things that's going on this year, um, we, we talked about it before we went on the air, but the DNR as a listening group going on about uh, technology, w- whether it be, you know, the forward-facing sonar and the other technological advances, uh, the impact of social media and the instantaneous reports that get out there and, and how it's affecting fishing. Bruce, you've been around this game a long time before social media. You guys use social media a lot. Um, I know you use all the, all the best technology. Um, what's your honest assessment about what's going on with that?
1: Y- yes. Um, we are easily finding fish quicker and keeping our clients on fish longer. And we're not taking any more fish. So we're not, you know, the mortality rate is not any different. So I, I often wonder all these fish that we're catching – um, you know, I, and I, I'm just going back to this fall where we had forward-facing sonar and the school of crappies that we were on were moving and we had to move with them, but we did and we could easily find them, lock up and catch more fish. Half hour later, they'd be gone. I'd, I'd search for them. Oh, they're 85 feet that way. We'd move the boat so we could cast to them and we'd be back on them. We are, we are catching more fish with holes in their lips from being caught
0: mm.
1: now than we did 10, 15, 20 years ago. So I don't know if that's impacting them or, you know, they're not getting any smarter, you know, at least the crappies aren't. Um, I don't know if the walleyes, you know, I, I take Lake Bemidji, for example, and um, the tournaments I fished out there, we've kind of fished blind. We're fishing downscan and sonar and, you know, we're, we know the fish are on the bottom, um, but when, when Randy and I have been fishing those tournaments together, he's, he's a guru of forward-facing sonar. We're finding fish that are up above the bottom, feeding more, and those are the ones that we're targeting and catching more of those. Now, what is that doing for fishing in general? I'm not sure, but we are, we are catching more fish, but not killing more fish. And so I think that's a good question. I'm glad the DNR is doing this. Like, what is the technology doing to fishing in general? Um, you know, and as far as, as far as social media and and such, um, you know, the, the component of immediate reporting is one thing. And then there's the idea of confidentiality of lakes, which is another, you know, Mm -hmm. um, just last night we, we posted a bunch of crappy pictures and, and I had multiple requests on what lake were you at? and, And that's great. I'm glad people want that. Um, but if I would post that, that lake would have. 400 people at it the next day so there's got to be a little balance of that too so um but yeah that the the forward-facing sonar um question is huge and and i'd love to get the the, to be a part of that group but also to see what the dnr uh comes from it you know as far as are they going to ban the use of it um i know in some tournaments they've banned forward-facing sonar i think for musky tournaments and so on um I know I work with a guy that uses forward-facing sonar for muskie um, daily, and he'll burn 25 gallons of gas in his big motor just searching for these muskie and throwing stuff in front of them, and it works. I, I've done it, and it and it's and it's awesome. Um, but is that legit legal stuff too? So uh, it's it's going to be a controversial discussion moving forward for sure.
0: Yeah, <laughs> undoubtedly it is, and I, you know I think that. Um... Um, you know, even in the quote olden days before social media, you know the report got out on a on a crappie lake or a, you know sunny lake, and you could fish them out in a very short time. And now, you know, you can you can do it you can do it tomorrow.
1: Exactly, and and it doesn't take long for a, for a smaller lake to get out fished. You know, to fished out, and and that that does happen, and it's it's really unfortunate that there there are. It, it's nice that, that kids and people are getting on fish, and that's what, that's what it's about is, is nobody wants to go stare at a hole and not catch any fish. So there's that balance of you want people to catch fish, you want them to do their own legwork, you know, so it's, it's, it's a balance. But when we were using technology like that 20 years ago, I remember the very first time I used a Garmin 12. It was a little hand-held about the size of your cell phone, and I could find a reef go right to it in the middle of, of a Bay Lake area that would be two hours to find it. You know, we, line up a tree and a, and a uh, antenna pole, and that's how we found it. Well, now you could drive right to it. That was a big deal 25 years ago. And you know, now, we can pinpoint and go right back to a spot where you dropped your cell phone in the water, you know? So not that I know that. (laughs) So, um, but you know, so technology has changed and regulations, you know, I like the fact that DNR is going down to limits of five for crappies and sunfish in certain lakes. Um, I would be fine with Minnesota going down to five crappies for the entire state. And, and that's going to get some controversy as well. I'd be fine with walleye limits going down to two, three as well. You know, so there's just a lot of, of uh, regulations that are going to be coming in that people are, will or will not agree with um, that are, that are, are coming forward. So, but as far as the four facing sonar, um, that's a, that's an interesting discussion. That one I've had with a lot of fellow guides, uh, a lot of buddies, tournament fishermen, uh, Longer in the tooth fishermen, and then the up and coming newcomers too. So, um, be curious to see what comes of
0: it. Well, it is interesting. I know that um, you know one of the old timers I talk to on a regular basis uh, was totally against it, and until he wasn't anymore. You know. <laughs>
1: yep. 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 <laughs> I hear you.
0: <ya. laughs> All right. Um, well, let's let's talk a little bit about um, what you foresee. For the upcoming soft water season, based on how things played out in some of your key lakes last year, what you're seeing thus far in our weird winter.
1: Well, and and again, this discussion of the fact that a lake is getting zero pressure right now, and it's going to go two months without seeing another fisherman, another you know, mm-hmm. and and so how impactful is that to that that fishing success for that summer, the next summer. And, you know, rainy has had zero pressure till to this point and rainy doesn't get a lot of ice fishing pressure anyway. Um, the ice is usually iffy and roads out there, and there's just a lot of reasons for it. Um, but how that's going to impact fishing the next year, I think is only going to benefit it, you know, um, Red Lake. I think it's, even though it's seeing a lot of pressure, there's a lot of lot less people that are going up there because they don't want to get up there and have a landing clothes or they don't want to get up there and and have an airboat ride or you mm-hmm. know so and and Lake of the Woods um, you know I they had a, an, a situation yesterday as well so you know are people not doing the fishing trips I know there's a, I drive through my neighborhood and all my neighbors have those forty thousand dollar ice castles with the big trucks and. I don't even know if they're going to get them on the lake this year. Right. You know, so um, so I think I think lakes are going to have less pressure and they're going to benefit from it. Now there's that balance of now is there enough feed to feed all of the fish that are not getting caught, not getting kept, and so on. So, Mother Nature has a way to balance herself out and I'm not sure what that looks like.
0: I'm Bruce Jean at Rainy Lake
1: Guiding. I always like to give to those in need. That's why I'm on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, because we all know Kevin Jackson is sure in need of knowledge. Winter has set in. Bemidji, the first city on the Mississippi, comes alive during the frozen winter months. Whether you explore the hundreds of miles worth of trails by either snowmobile or snowshoe, Bemidji captures Minnesota at its finest. There are 400 lakes close by, perfect for that weekend ice fishing getaway. Located in the heart of northern Minnesota, Bemidji. Hotels, B&Bs, and year-round resorts, Bemidji has you covered for your perfect winter getaway. All reasons why Paul Bunyan and Babe call Bemidji home. For more details, go to visitbemidji.com.
0: Hi, this is Joel Nelson of Joel Nelson Outdoors. We just call him Kev's son because he doesn't know Jack. This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Well, it might be a good year to be in the portable fish house business.
1: <laughs> um, I have officially purchased two more portables for this season, just for that reason. So, um, you know, I have an ice castle and I have a, a portable trailer that I pull with the truck and, and uh, you know, fish, fish is four out of and, and it's, you know, I can always put it over the fish. So, but both of those, I doubt I'm going to even see the ice in January, just, right. you know, So, um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I've, I've uh, increased the amount of portable fish house purchases this year by about triple. So um, we, we currently have six portables and then that's two person or three person. And then we have three, one man houses or woman um, that we whole hop a lot with for those cold days. So um, we're ready to take you out and get you on fish and uh, you know, with forward facing sonar, we're going to have you over top of fish. It's just if you can catch them or not, Kev.
0: Right. You know. Well, listen, um, Bruce, uh, say somebody got a nice gift card from a great sporting goods store or they got some cash for Christmas. Let's just throw electronics out of the picture because we always know there's always new electronics to buy. What is the uh, the go-to thing somebody should be buying if they're into the outdoors and fishing?
1: I like that question. I have just purchased a couple new inline reels
0: Mm. um
1: and i really like and i i I have a couple different brands so again not sponsored but i i really like the fact that for crappies using smaller jigs tungsten and so on you can um get down to the bottom quicker you don't have to have that tangle you don't have that curled coil line from the old spinning reel that everybody has and they work great don't get me wrong but these inline reels are so nice. I use them for walleyes as well. I have some stronger stuff, and I use six-pound test. And so I strongly recommend getting a, an inline reel combo, um, you know, if you like ice line, if you like, you know, triline, I mean, it's, it's kind of your preference on that. I use two-pound test when I'm crappie fishing. Um, the smaller the jig, the better a lot of times. Um, lately, we've been using, like, a buckshot rattlespoon with a minnow head, um, purchasing those and the new glows are, you know, I mean, the new technology for, for fishing tackle is improving every day. And the pro staff that these people are putting on the ice and this real work or this, this look works really well. This one didn't work as well over fish. Like they're using them, they're testing them and they do work. So, um, you know, if these people that you watch on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok are saying this lure works and they're catching fish on it the odds are pretty good that they're catching fish and it's a legit thing to do. So, you know, keep an eye on that, watch those videos. Um, they, they do work, but, um, that's definitely one thing that, that I would, I would purchase it getting a nice rod and reel combo. Um, and then, you know, I, I like the insulated houses, whether you like a hub house or a, or a, uh, a, a sled house, you know, whichever one is your preference. Um, but, again, we have them all just, we, we adapt to the needs of our clients. So that works.
0: So uh, how's the, how's the refereeing going these days?
1: Well, uh, not bad. Um, Getting yelled at by thousands (laughs) of people is something that I, for some reason, I really enjoy doing. Um, So, but yeah, why, why wouldn't you want to don the stripes, put the scarlet letter target on your back and, uh, run up and down. And, um, you know, but uh, on a serious note, I mean, the sport needs officials and we Mm -hmm. need more officials. And, you know, from the state high school league, from the college ranks, if you're able to, and you want to get in the game, um, you know, it's giving back to the sport, but it's also fun. You know, I I get together with a couple of my buddies. We pregame, we talk about how we're going to officiate. We talk about um, coaches. We talk about players. We talk about just events that could happen and it's communicating, it's problem solving and it's a lot of fun, and it's two hours of exercise, and you get a little bit of a paycheck with it, so it's a lot of fun and and if you're interested in officiating um go ahead and get a hold of me um you know I, I'll get you to the right spot and and we need more officials as you're very well aware kev um yeah. there's not enough of us out there
0: no no, there's not um and and i'm seeing more and more stuff you know uh on social media and elsewhere saying you know defending officials saying look you you want your kids to have sports then you got to you can either join or you can just uh appreciate there are people willing to do this
1: and that's the nice thing is i think parents are still the you know the kids are great you know they're they're learning they 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 will they will Um, do as much as you tolerate as a referee, as a coach, as a society, right? Like kids are always going to push the limits and boundaries to the point where, okay, now a consequence happened. I'm going to back it off a step, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Well,
1: parents don't have that. They have the green light to be, uh, what's the best word I'm looking for? Um, maybe an imbecile in the audience (laughs) sometimes. And the nice thing about that is parents now are getting disciplined indirectly from other parents Uh, you know if you're that guy sitting in the bleachers and you're all alone and you're all over the refs you're probably getting talked about behind your back or wherever you are from the other parents that are not being jerks up in the crowd right so Mm -hmm. you know if you're listening and that's you reflect on who you are because I guarantee as a referee the last time that I cared when somebody won or lost was about 35 years ago when I did my first seventh-grade game, and the coach was really mean to me. I'm like, I don't want that. (laughs) But after that, I don't care who wins. So if I make a bad call, I'm giving it the best I can. So just know that the ref that's out there right now, I promise you he doesn't or she doesn't care who's going to win that game. Lay off him. Go easier on the ref. So Mm -hmm. there, that's my public service info for you today, Kev.
0: Okay. I uh, have done a lot of PA uh, for Bemidji High School boys basketball yep. over the years, and uh, and oftentimes we're on the visitor's side for whatever reason. That's and it's very entertaining to hear, um, and and I can I don't even have to see the the opponent's uniform to know which towns, after all these years, we're playing because yep. certain fan bases are the same no matter what, no matter how many decades have gone by. and isn't that the case? Like you go to X school
1: and you know that the fans are just going to be ruthless. Yeah. And, and so you're like, okay. So you talk to the athletic director, Hey, you know, the guy in the red jacket, there, matching his color of his skin because he's so mad right now. (laughs) Can you go sit by him and tell him if he yells at us one more time, he's going to have to watch the game from his phone online or, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's, it's just, um, there are certain schools and reputations, they've earned it for a reason. And um, <laughs> it's okay if you try to get rid of that reputation, those that are listening out there. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's still a great sport to be a part of. I love basketball. Um, it's, it's just, um, it, it's, it's part of my life right now. You know, yeah. repping 70 nights a winter, um, you know, you get done with the guide trip yeah get out of the cold clothes and and jump into your refing clothes and get to the gym you know so it's it's a nice it's a nice transition um but those of you that want to ref give it a shot it's a lot of fun and, and you'll get in shape with it
0: too so yeah oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah you you certainly would yep yep
1: yeah well if not you're you're behind the play a lot um And I find when I'm working these quicker colleges, I'm like, you know, I used to be able to keep up with those guys. What happened?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know.
1: All right. I do
0: know. It is time now for the Bruce Jean dad joke of the show. What do you got for us today, Bruce? Kev,
1: how can you tell when Will Smith has been in the snow? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I can come up with the uh, with one, but I won't go there. You tell me. How do you know? Well, he leaves his fresh prints. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that is a dad so I, joke.
1: That that one's bad. Um, <laughs> I uh, I posted on social media here yesterday that um, if you want to get out and do a crappie trip um, on Malax Lake guiding or Rainy Lake guiding, um, let me know. Get it? Oh! Wow. And I had a lot of comments about that, like <laughs> how funny I am and that my humor is exuding through the roof. But, uh, yeah, if you have some better jokes, I'd gladly hear them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> well, listen, Bruce, uh, before we wrap it up, we, we got to do the fast five or the semi-fast five. And since I did not get you on before Christmas, um, this is just a, a, an a, a Christmas Holiday Fast Five. Since you're, Aww, you're still on nice. in the first week, so all are, right. Are you ready? I'm ready. One, two, three, Four. fast five. Question number one: What is the best Christmas movie? Oh, so if I say Die Hard, do you think
1: Bruce Willis will hunt me down? <laughs> <laughs> So you know, our family always watches Christmas Vacation, and it's you know it's always on. Elf is right up there as well. So I would probably say Christmas Vacation.
0: All right, yep. uh, that's that's yeah, that's in our itinerary. That's for sure.
1: Good, good. Um, and and is Die Hard a Christmas movie or not? I um, need to know your answer, Kev.
0: Uh, I would say not. You mean
1: like blood, guts, murder, swearing? Not really the Christmas season.
0: Well, there's that. <laughs> and and really, it's usually a Christmas movie. Christmas is central to it. True. You Correct. know. Correct. Right. So. Right. It has Christmas it. accoutrements, but I wouldn't call it a Christmas movie. Good. And and nor would Bruce Willis. <laughs> no, he would not. <laughs> he gets mad. He so. does all right question number two what is your what is the best christmas special with tv specials
1: oh boy um so the rudolph um you know i remember watching that rudolph and then when rudolph takes off in the big blizzard and runs into the abominable snowman. Mm-hmm. I remember as a youth being deathly afraid of that dang bumble snowman. So I would say that that one takes the cake as far as those specials go. Um, and now I have that same abominable snowman up in my Christmas decorations out on the lawn. Nice. So I must have <laughs> overcome my fears. All right. <laughs>
0: Well, that's, that's definitely one of the biggies. I, I always go with Charlie Brown Christmas. That's that's my Char- favorite.
1: Yeah, that's a good one, too. I like his um, um, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. That's a good one. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. one, that mm-hmm. one kind of takes
0: the cake from you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hear you. That's a good one. All right, question number three. What is your favorite Bruce family Christmas tradition?
1: Ah, so I don't know if you know this, Kev, but I was... I was one of my mother's best Christmas presents. No, a long time ago. I was born at 6 a.m. on Christmas Day. I
0: did not know that. Wow. Yes.
1: So, if you want to call me uh, a different name, that'd be fine. Um, but um, so, but as a as a, a tradition, so we would always have the big Christmas dinner, and then my my parents, my mother, always made it. Uh, it was, it was a special birthday time, so we'd have birthday cake. So we'd, we'd celebrate the birth of Jesus and then the birth of Bruce, right? <laughs> or maybe not in that order, but that was one of the... But then the most uh, unique part about the Gene family tradition, and there was 23 to 25 of us with spouses and kids and grandkids and all the things. Um, uh, there's a, a man family sleigh ride. The last name was man. Which he and my dad were best friends uh, growing up. And um, they would take, well, with our family, it would be um, four Clydesdales to haul us on a sleigh back into the pine forest where he would have a fire going and all the family would ride the sleigh and go back to this, have hot chocolate. There was a lot of singing going on. In fact, there was even a, a wedding proposal um, back there one Christmas. So that's been a tradition for years, and um, it's just it's just one for the books. I mean, it was it was true Christmas because the bells were out there. Um, there was a pocket speaker. We had Christmas music on. Um, they don't really want the Jean family singing anywhere in the world so we try to refrain from singing but that generally broke out a lot a lot of throwing each other off on the sled it's a just a family tradition unlike any other and that was a that was one of the best ones
0: all right that's a good one question yep. number four is there a gene family traditional holiday meal
1: well for many years we it was a, a prime rib and um that got to be kind of expensive with 25 people. So mm. it's, it's mm-hmm. now turkey, um, you know, it's the traditional turkey ham um, and, you know, the cheesy potatoes and all the things. Um, this year it was a smaller uh, get-together, and we fondued. Um, imagine that. There might have been some venison <laughs> in, at fondue. Um, it's not bad, though. Give it a shot sometimes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, yeah, that's definitely prime rib is, is something I'd like to get back to.
0: All right. And finally, question number five, is there a Bruce Jean New Year's resolution?
1: Um, my New Year's resolution is to, uh, there, there's a couple of them, um, but the one that I'll share with you right now is that my eating habits are going to improve drastically for the year. There's this stuff called vegetables. I haven't heard of it before, but I'm going to try working on that at every meal and really hit it hard to consume proteins in the green form instead of just meat, veggies, and, or meat and potatoes. So uh, definitely eating healthier. How about you, Kev?
0: Um, my New Year's resolution is, uh, is actually to um, continue to amp up my exercise routine. I started in 2023, I, and, and I usually make it about six months, so 2024 is to keep it going for another 12 and then uh, reevaluate.
1: Well, there you go. Good for you.
0: Yeah. Um. By the way, for these vegetable things you're not familiar with, yeah. one of the ways you can really make them tasty is to dip them in cheese sauce. <laughs> No, no, you're bad.
1: No. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right, but I'm just testing you. Just testing. I'm you. gonna try it, I'm gonna give it a shot. Okay. <laughs> Funny,
0: all right. Well, if, if whether we can get a nice trip uh, in or not, or whether we're already planning for 2024 when we know there will be a soft water season, uh, if we want to be fishing on either. Um, Malax or Rainy with you, how do we get set up?
1: Well, check us out at uh com or rainylakeguiding.com. Um we have we have a lot of openings, we have a lot of guides ready to go. Um, I'm excited the lack of pressure Malax is having on it that I think it's going to be a great spring. Um, get your trip booked early because that the opener to June 15th is absolutely lights out. So, but check us out that way. You can give my cell phone a call, 763 238 7507. We'll get you on a trip and put you on fish for sure while using forward facing sonar as long as we possibly can. So.
0: <laughs> I don't think it's going anywhere. I agree. I agree. That is Bruce Jean, Bruce Jean, the fishing machine of Rainy Lake and Mille Lacs Lake Guide Service. Always fun to have him on the show. Bruce, thanks for taking the time today. Th- thanks, Kev. Always a pleasure. <laughs>